Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Good evening to everyone. This is your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie, with the Master Key on this evening, Tuesday evening, August the 6th, 2013. We thank you for joining us this evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let's be glad in this day. No matter what happened today, this is the Lord's day. No matter what you experienced, Today, this is the Lord's day. It's the Lord's day because Jesus is Lord. He's uh, alive. He's living on the inside of you and I. If you've received him as your Lord and Savior, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And so, therefore, he's the Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. Scripture says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord. So I decree and declare tonight he's Lord. And I decree and declare that he's Lord over this broadcast on tonight. Well, we thank you for joining us on this evening, and we pray that the Lord will speak a a word that is a a due season word, a word that is right now, a timely word, a seasonal word, a word just for you on tonight, because God knew that you would be on this broadcast on tonight. Uh, Before we get started with the uh, word of the Lord on tonight, we just want to invite you to, if you don't have certain on uh, Wednesday night, or if you're not doing anything on Thursday and Friday, Dr. E.J. McKenzie will be the guest speaker at the Rivers of Living Water Deliverance Ministry, and you can go to our website, www.ejm.pcc.com, and you can uh, look at the flyer that we have there, and uh, come and be our guest on uh, tomorrow. Thursday night or Friday, and the service began at 7.30 p.m. We would love to have you be a part of the services and receive what God has to speak unto you. We believe uh, God gave us this uh, statement years ago, and we always say because we believe that it's true. One word from God will change your life. One spoken word, one powerful word that you receive it will bring about change in your life. You're saved today as a result of one word that was spoken to your life. Whatever that word may have been, you're in the place where you're located right now because of that one word that you receive from the Lord. Uh, God has been speaking to us concerning seed and sowing the word of God. It is your responsibility, it's my responsibility to sow the word of God. Nobody's responsible for sowing the word of God for my life except me. We're not talking about if you receive a word, but you and I are responsible for sowing the word of God and speaking and releasing the word of God. David said in the book of Psalms 119 that I have uh, uh, hidden thy word. I will hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David is, is is letting us know that he made a decision to hide the word of God in his heart. 
Why did he make that decision? Because he said it, that I will not sin against you. So in order for you and I to not sin against God, we have to hide the word of God in our hearts as well. It's my responsibility to take what God is speaking unto me, put it in my heart, receive it in my heart, believe it, and begin to meditate on that word. Begin to think about that word throughout the course of the day. Meditate on the word. Think about the word. Release the word of God. Speak the word of God out of my mouth. Release it. As the word of God is is placed in my heart, then I release the word of God out of my heart. In Joshua, the first chapter and verse 8, it says, This book of the law, this is the amplified version, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You shall meditate on the word of God, the book of the law, day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. But then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So here it says, the book of the law will not depart out of my mouth if I'm meditating on the word of God day and night. In the morning time, I I, uh, arise and I uh, begin to meditate. I, I get the word of God and I begin to meditate on the word. Throughout the course of the day, I meditate on the word of God. Before I lie down to sleep, I meditate on the Word of God. The Spirit of God may begin to deal with me in my uh, visions, in my dreams at night while I'm lying down sleep. But I'm meditating on the Word of God day and night that I may observe to do according to all that is written in the Word of God. And then it says, I will have good success. I will prosper and have good success if I meditate on the word of God. So we've been speaking about sowing seeds, releasing the word of God out of our mouths, speaking the word of God day, throughout the entire day, I'm meditating on the word of God. As the spirit of God begins to bring different scriptures back up to me that applies to my situation, I begin to meditate on that word, appropriate that word, and the spirit of God will give me wisdom how to apply that word to my given situation, whatever that situation may be. We are familiar with this passage of scripture in the book of Genesis, the 26th chapter, concerning Isaac, how Isaac sowed seed. The word of God is seed. God gives all of us seed. He gives us his word. So Isaac began to sow seed. Now, we know this was literal seed, but let's just look at this as you and I sowing seed, which is the word of God. We're going to uh, apply the same principle concerning Isaac when he sowed seed in a famine land. Now, a famine land is a land that is unproductive. And maybe there's a situation in your life that is unproductive. You're going to take the word of God and you're going to sow seed, just like Isaac did. That means you and I, we don't have literal seed that we're sowing because we're not back in, you know, living on, uh, uh, we're not living on farms like Isaac was. We're not living back in the Old Testament in the Bible days, but we're taking the same principle and we're releasing the word of God out of our mouths. And so Isaac, here in the book of uh, Genesis, the 26th chapter, it says, and there was a famine in the land other than the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar. Let's look at verse 
six, it says, so Isaac stayed in GR. So here was a famine, and Isaac stayed right there in GR. And then in verse 12, it says, then Isaac sold seed. He did what? He sold seed. In the land of famine, you and I can sow seed when there uh, is a situation that you and I are facing, and it looks like it's unproductive. God is, has made us in his image, and his image and his likeness, and therefore we are to be just like God did. God spoke light into darkness. You and I will speak light into an unproductive situation. And as we're releasing the word of God in an unproductive situation or in a situation that is dark, uh, in a situation that there, there is famine, when we release the word of God, let's see what happens concerning Isaac and which will happen to us as we sow seed in the unproductive land. Sowing seed in a land that is uh, darkness. Sowing seed in a famine land. And verse 12 it says, Then Isaac sowed seed in that land and received the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. So what happened? When he sowed seed in the land of famine, he received a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. What happened? God favored him with blessings. And God will do the same thing for you and I. He will favor us with blessings. When we take seed, which is the word of God, we release it out of our mouths. God will cause that seed to produce. God will bless us with the harvest of that seed that we're releasing out of our mouths. Let's look at the scripture again. It says, then Isaac sowed seed in the land what land? The famine land. Or let's say the land that's unproductive. Or the land that there is darkness. Isaac sowed seed. You take the word of God and you sow it. You release it out of your mouth. You speak to your situation. The situation may be concerning your marriage. It may be a situation concerning your children. It may be a situation concerning your finances. It may be a situation on your job. It may be a situation in your relationship. It may be a situation concerning whatever it is, but you release the word of God out of your mouth in that situation, and look what happened, and receive in the same year a hundred times as much as you had planted. God will cause you to receive a hundred times as much as you sow. God is the one that will cause the seed to produce. God is the one that will cause that word, you to receive a harvest off of that word when you release the word out of your mouth. And then it says, and the Lord favored him. God has already favored you and I. God is the one that has already blessed us. God is the one that has already given us everything that you and I need to live in this life, to be productive in this life, to, to receive the harvest in this life. God is the one that has blessed us. The scripture says in Ephesians, the first chapter, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Now, the reason why they're in heavenly places is because you and I should be positionally, we are positionally sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So because God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, that means that you and I need to elevate our thinking. We need to elevate our mind, and we need to see ourselves sitting above the situation, whatever that situation may be, concerning your marriage, concerning your children, concerning your finances, concerning your relationships. See yourself sitting above that situation. And just like Isaac, you release the word of God out of your mouth, and 
listen, now let me give you a practical example of that. Now just say if it's a situation concerning one of your children. Now God has already given you, uh, spoken a word to you concerning one of your, your, your children. And it may be a situation concerning your child, and it seems like the situation looks hopeless. You don't know what's going on concerning your child, and the situation, it looks like there is no favor. It looks like the, the child is out of the will of the Lord God. But you are holding on to the word of God that God has spoken over your child. And you're releasing the word of God. And you're speaking concerning your, uh, the, your child. You're speaking the word of God. And you're releasing that word. And as you're releasing that word over your child, over your son, over your daughter, God is the one that's going to cause you to reap a harvest as, a, a hundred times as much as what you sown. Do you believe it? I believe it. And if you will believe it and hold on to the word of the Lord God, you will see the harvest coming concerning your child. You don't know when it's going to come, but you know that God is a God that he will not lie. If God spoke it, then God will bring it to pass. If God has said it, then God will bring it to pass. God just wants you and I to believe him. It says the Lord favored him with blessings, not just blessings, not just one blessing. So God will cause you to reap concerning your son or your daughter more than what you sowed. And see, that's what the, that's the principle uh, of reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, the, uh, the law of reproduction. When you sow one seed, God knows how to cause you and I to release a hundred times more than what you sowed. And and if you trust God and believe God, God knows how to restore. God said, I will restore the years that the locust, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the plumber worm has eaten. God said it. God is the one that, that saw your situation, that saw your need. And God said, I will restore. But he's looking for you and I to believe him, to trust him, to hold on to the word of the Lord God. So God gave us seed. He's given us seed from the word of the Lord God. And as we take the seed that God has given us, then we release that seed out of our mouths, and then God will cause us to see a harvest off of that seed that we're releasing out of our mouth. Uh, in the book of Luke, uh, the eighth chapter, in the verse 11, it says, now the parable is this. Now, this is the parable concerning uh, the sower sowing the seed, which is the word of God, and it's talking about the four different hearts. But I want you to focus on verse 11. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is what? The word of God. We take the word of God, and we sow the seed. We sow the seed concerning our situation. We sow the seed concerning uh, our marriages. We sow the seed concerning our children. We sow the seed concerning our finances. If you're sowing a seed concerning your finances, you're releasing that word out of your mouth. Uh, uh, if you know that you've been faithful in, uh, unto the Lord in paying your tithes and giving your offering, and you're faithful unto the Lord uh, with the finances that God has blessed you with, then you and I can claim the promises of God. God said that he will bless us. He will prosper us. He says, I am the one that gives you seed. And so with that seed, then we take the seed that God has given us and we sow it. We release it out of our mouths and we watch God bring us a harvest off of that seed that we released out of our mouths. Here's a powerful scripture that, um, that I was meditating on earlier. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says uh, in the 11th chapter and verse 6, it says, In the morning sow your seed. And at the evening, withhold not your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both are 
alike will be good. And looking at that in another translation, it says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Now, let's look at this, and let's uh, break this scripture down. It says, plant your seed or sow your seed in the morning. You know, sometimes we rise up early in the morning time, many of us, and, and we have our devotional time with the Lord, and, and, and when we're having our devotional time with the Lord, we're releasing the word of God out of our mouths. We're praying unto the Lord. We're praying in the spirit. We're reading the word of God. We're, we're getting the word of God in our heart, hiding it in our heart that we won't sin against God. And then we have times of meditation. We have a time where we just sit in there. We're listening to God speak to us as we've been talking to him. Then we're sowing our seed. We're releasing the seed out of our mouth. We're asking God to bless our day, to prosper our day. We're pleading the blood of Jesus over our families. We're pleading the blood of Jesus over our property. We're pleading the blood of Jesus over our, our jobs. We're pleading the blood of Jesus over our finances, over our vehicles, over our homes. We're releasing the word of God. We're asking God to bless our children as they go to school and, and as they go to their friend's home. We're asking God to bless our spouses as they go to their jobs. Uh, we're asking God to shield and protect us while we're riding on the expressway, while we're traveling on the plane, we're traveling on the uh, on the train, whatever mode of transportation we're traveling. We're asking God to shield and protect us. Now, we're talking about sowing our seed in the morning, and this is what we do when we arise in the morning time. We're praying for God to bless our day. And then as we as we uh, finish our devotional time, then we go and get dressed and, and then we go on to our jobs or wherever our destination may be. And then they say, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. Or in other words, now that I've sown my seed, now that I've released the word of God out of my mouth, uh, then I just go about my day. I continue to meditate on the word of God, but I know that I'm at peace and at rest because I know that God is going to give the harvest of that seed that I've sown. I know that in the evening time, me and my family, we're going to come back. We're going to be together uh, in the evening time. You and your family come back. You're together. Your children come back and, and you see them again. What happened? You release seed over your family, over your property, over your job, over your finances, over your home, over your property. And so in the evening, you came back and God called you to reap the harvest of that seed that you sowed. It says, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. You don't know how God is going to cause you to reap the harvest of the seed that you sowed. All you do is sow the seed, just like a farmer. When a farmer goes out into the field, and I've never farmed, and maybe there's somebody that's listening, they worked on a farm before, uh, and when the farmer sows the seed into the ground, he doesn't go back out there every night looking to see uh, if there's going to be a harvest. He just knows. He just trusts. Because why? He understands the law. He understands the principle that once I sow it, once I plant it, then God is the one that's going to cause me to reap the harvest of that seed. And so it's the same way concerning the kingdom of God. Once we release it out of our mouths, we don't worry about, you know, when is God going to 
to cause me to receive the harvest of it. We don't try to figure it out. Uh, we shouldn't try to figure it out because you and I can never figure out God. Uh, but just like God blessed us in the past uh, when we released the seed out of our mouths, uh, then God wants us to continue to release the seed out of our mouth. In other words, if God did it before, guess what? He can do it again. If God blessed me last year, then this year I expect that God will bless me again because I'm continuing to release the seed out of my mouth. And as you continue to release the seed out of your mouth, then God is the one that will cause you and I to receive the harvest off of that seed that we release out of our mouths. It says, then Isaac sowed seed in the land. He sowed the seed. So you have to sow the seed. You cannot release or receive a harvest from a seed that you didn't sow. I can look at my neighbor and I can see all the uh, harvest that they're receiving, but if I don't sow my seed, I will never receive the harvest. So I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. You have to sow the seed in order to receive the harvest off of the seed that you're sowing. God is waiting for you and I to release the seed. Just go ahead, release the seed out of your mouth and watch the harvest. For many of you, God is going to give you the harvest before the end of this year is over. You're going to see the, the harvest off of the seed that you've been releasing concerning your husband, concerning your wife, concerning your children. You're going to see the harvest because why? God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, if he said that he's going to bless you a hundred times more than what you sold, then expect God to bless you. You. Expect to receive the harvest off of that seed that you're, that you're sowing. In the morning, sow your seed. That's what the scripture says here in Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter. In the morning, sow your seed. In the morning. Now, the morning doesn't literally mean that, you know, in the morning, uh, 24 hours later. Your morning could be right now. But the principle is sow the seed. It could be 12 o'clock in the noontime, but that's your morning time. Sow your seed. It could be mid-12, midnight. That's your morning time. What do you do? Sow your seed. God is looking for you and I to sow our seed. He doesn't want us complaining. He wants us to sow our seed. He wants to move for us. The Bible says in Psalms 103 and verse 20, how the angels of God excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of his word. They're hearkening to what? The voice of his word. The angels of God, they're ready. They're waiting to go into action. They're ready to, to, to move on your behalf, on my behalf. But they can't move on our behalf if we don't release the word. They're waiting to hear the word. So release the word out of your mouth. Speak the word out of your mouth. And then Job says that you shall decide. Job says decide in, in Job 22. You shall decide. And decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. But first, you gotta, it, it can't be established if you haven't made a decision. So you have to make a decision. You shall decide and decree a thing. So decide, make up your mind what you want God to do. Maybe that's why God have a move for you because He's waiting for you to make up your mind. So when you make up your mind, then you can release the word based upon you making up your mind and you want to see the, the harvest of that word that you've spoken out of your mouth. But you got to decide. You shall decide. It says you shall also decide and decree a thing. So you can't decree a thing if you haven't made a decision. You can't decree concerning your marriage if you haven't made up your mind what you want concerning your marriage. 
You can't be double-minded like uh, James talks about. You know, let that let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord because why? He's double-minded. You know, you you want the marriage, or you want God to bless uh, uh, um, Daniel. Well, I really don't know. No, you need to make up your mind what you want. When you make up your mind, then decree a thing. But you can't decree until you make up your mind, until you decide. So what what kind of decision do you need to come to concerning your marriage? What decision do you need to come to concerning your children? What decision do you need to come to concerning your job? Many people say, well, you know, I'm believing God for a job. Now, God gave us a powerful word uh, on Sunday, and God spoke and said, uh, how many need a job? So we had uh, 15 people to come up to the altar. Well, we had 14 people to come up to the altar because one we sent um, uh, back to their seat because they already have their job. So we had 14 people remaining at the altar. The word of God was released out of the man of God's mouth. Uh, and then God said, believe it, within the seven days. So Sunday, we're looking to hear testimonies of somebody saying, I went and I got my job. God manifested my job this week. Why? Because you believe the word of the Lord God that was released. You sealed that word of God with your seed, and now you're just going out there and, and, and getting that job that God spoke and released on Sunday. When was it released? On Sunday. It's not released today. It's not released tomorrow. It was released on Sunday. You're just putting feet to the prayer of the word that was released from the man of God, and you're just going out there getting that job. And so if you are in that place where you, you need a job, well, first you got to decide what kind of job you want. Then you have to decide what kind of salary you want. How much money do you want? Do you need to make? Uh, how much money or uh, do you want to make? Not so much that you need to make, but how much money do you want to make? Uh, do you want to work uh, weekends? Uh, do you want to work uh, Monday through Friday? Uh, do you want to work uh, the midnight shift? Do you want to work uh, in the daytime, eight to five? Do you want a job that you work in the afternoon from three to eleven? Uh, do you want to work at midnight? You know, from twelve to seven a.m. Uh, in the morning. I've worked all three of them, the, and the hours that I like is in the morning time, 8 to 5 or 8 to 3, uh, not the midnight shift. Uh, but if you don't want to work the midnight shift, then you put that out to God. And when you release that and put that out to God, then guess what? God is going to give you exactly what you want. Uh, Psalms 37 and 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Delight in God. Enjoy God. Spend time with God. Enjoy his presence. Enjoy his company. Enjoy reading the word of God. Enjoy meditating on the word of God. Enjoy uh, speaking to the Lord in prayer. Enjoy fasting unto the Lord. Enjoy the word of God. And when you enjoy him and begin to delight in him, then he will give you your heart's desire. That's his promise. So he, will, he won't do anything less than his promise because God and his word are one. Jesus is his word. So God and his word are one. So you delight in him. You, you begin to enjoy his presence. Enjoy fellowshipping with God. Enjoy communing with God. Enjoy hearing the word of God, enjoy listening to the word of God, enjoy 
meditating on the word of God, enjoy singing the word of God. When you enjoy him, then he will begin to enjoy you. And then you know what he will do? He will turn around and put his desire on the inside of you. You think it's your desire, but it's really his desire. And he will put his desire in you, and he will give you your heart's desire. Because you know what? Your heart's desire became his desire. Isn't that awesome how God will turn around and, and, and begin to delight in us as we delight in him? So God wants you and I, going back to verse 28 here in Job 22, you shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Why? Because his ways are shining upon your ways when you make a decision and you begin to decree a thing and it will be established for you. So what do you need to decree? And that's going back to this, the seed, the word of God. You and I need to decree and decide uh, the word of God. We need to release the seed out of our mouths. So God has been speaking to us powerfully concerning seed, concerning seeing ourselves in the image of God, seeing ourselves just like him. Uh, and God gave us a confession, and I want to uh, close uh, a little bit later on, not now, but I want to close concerning uh, just praying this, this confession that God has given unto us. Uh, but you and I are the ones that are sowing the seed. God is the one that has given us seed to sow. And when he gives us seed, he's given us his word. His word is what we release out of our mouths into our situation. And as we release his word out of our mouths into our situation, then God is going to cause us to receive the harvest off of that word. Going back to uh, Joshua, not Joshua, but going back to uh, Genesis, the 26th chapter concerning uh, Isaac, when Isaac sowed seed. And, and, and it may seems strange to some people that you're going to sow seed when it's famine. I mean, why, why, why sow seed in a famine land? Because you're not looking in the natural. You're not looking the famine land is that unproductive land or that place where it's dark or that place where it seems like nothing is happening. Meaning going back to unproductive. It, see, in the natural, it looks crazy to be speaking into a situation that looks hopeless. No, it looks crazy to a person who don't understand the word of God. It looks crazy to a person. It sounds foolish to a person who don't understand what God, the principle of the word of God, the principle of sowing and reaping. And and that's all you're doing. You, you've, you've sown the word of God. Now God is getting ready to cause you to reap the harvest of the seed that you've sown. And that's what he did for Isaac. Isaac sowed seed into a land that was famine. It wasn't producing. It was unproductive. And there may be some of you that are listening now. And you know what? This is a season of the supernatural. We've been seeing God manifest his word. And God has been proving that. He is Lord of Lords and He is sovereign. And to say that God is sovereign means to say that God is in control. That my situation, your situation, there is nothing that is happening in your life that God doesn't know about. God knows about your situation. He has allowed it to happen. But what are you going to do? Are you going to look at your situation and look in the natural and then, you know, begin to speak what you see? Or are you going to look in the realm of the spirit through the eyes of faith and see what God will have you to see and what God wants to do in your life and begin to speak the word of God and release the word of God out of your mouth. We, the, we share this scripture from the book of Proverbs, the 16th chapter, 
and verse 33. It says, the lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is wholly of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. Even the events in your life right now, to those of you who are listening, it says even the events in your life that seem like it happened by accident, it's really not an accident. It was really ordered by God. And you may say, what I'm going through? I mean, it's it's horrible what I'm going through. That I just lost my job. I, I don't have any money. Or I don't know where I'm going to get the money to pay my light bill. Or I don't have any food in the covers and I have to feed my kids. It says, even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. Now, we're not talking about a situation where you deliberately miss, you know, manage your money and, and, and now you want uh, God to, to, you know, to override some some foolish decisions that you made. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when you know that you have been obedient to God, that you've been faithful unto the Lord, uh, uh, that you've been faithful with your finances, you've been faithful paying your tithes, giving your offerings. We're talking about a situation like that because Proverbs, the fourth chapter, I believe it's verse 23 or either 26, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We're talking about that. If that's you, then we're talking to you tonight. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you and I are the man and the woman of God that God has called upon and anointed and ordained us to be, if we are that person, then God is ordering our steps. Now, the steps that God is ordering, it may look like it's an accident. Uh, it may look like you just happen to be in this situation, and surely this can't be from the Lord. No, let's go back to what verse 33 says here in Proverbs 16. It says, the lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is holy of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. So why would God order you to be in a situation that you're in and you know you've been faithful unto the Lord? Because God is trying to elevate you. He's trying to promote you. We are, you know, God is in the business of elevation and he's in the business of promotion. And if we're living in a season of the supernatural, then that's exactly what God is doing in your life. He's touched your natural so he can bring you to that place of the supernatural. He's touching your natural concerning your marriage, concerning your finances, concerning your job, concerning your relationship. He's touching the natural so he can cause you to begin to put your eyes on him and, and, and trust him and walk by faith and, and not by what you see, the sight, not focus on the natural, but keep your eyes on him. It says even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. God has special made, has special ordered that situation that you're in right now. It's not an accident. It was ordered by God. If you go to the first verse, and this was the amplified version that I was reading, but if you go to the first verse, Proverbs 16 and verse 1, it says, the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man, but from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. All the ways of a man, verse 2, appear in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts, and the intents of the heart. Uh, verse 3 says, roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts 
to become agreeable to his will. He's going to cause what? Your thoughts, my thoughts to become agreeable to his will when I do what? When I roll my words, my thoughts, my plans, my desires, when I roll it upon the Lord and I begin to commit my thoughts to the Lord and trust my thoughts to the Lord, then he's going to cause my thoughts to become agreeable to his will. Sounds like uh, the desire, the scripture concerning the desires, that when I delight myself also in him, then he will give me my heart's desire. That's what it sounds like to me. It says, roll your works upon him. Then verse 4 says, the Lord has made everything to accommodate itself and contribute to his own end. And then go down to verse uh, 6 here. It says, not verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 9. It says, a man's mind plans his way. So if you look at between verse 1 and verse 9, it's about four times that God talks about the thoughts and God begins to talk about the plans of the mind. You and I love to make our plans, planning this, planning that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And God says here in verse 3, when you roll your works upon him, then he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. Verse 1 says the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man. See, man plans what we plan what we want to do, but it says the Lord, from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. God is the one that wants to order your steps. Verse 9 again says a, man, a man's mind plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps and makes them sure. God is the one that orders your steps. And makes them sure. Now that sounds like that's something we, you and I need to pray. That we will begin to roll our works upon the Lord. And that the Lord will direct our steps. And make our steps sure. That God will order our steps. And make our steps sure. That God will order our spouse's steps. And make our spouse's steps sure. That God will order our children's steps. And make their steps sure. That God will begin to order our steps from this day forward. And that our steps will be sure. Because why? Again, going back to verse 3. That I'm learning how to roll my works upon the Lord. That I can release the seed, the word of God, out of my mouth. As I roll my works upon him. Because from the Lord. Going back to verse 1, from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. So it sounds like you and I, from verse 1 to 9, we can make that a prayer. And we can tell God that in our devotion time, in our prayer time, that God will help us to roll our works upon him. Lord, we know that there are thoughts that we have in our mind. There are plans that we have in our mind. But we want the wise answer to come from you. We know that there are plans that we have concerning our children. There are plans that we have concerning our spouses. There are plans that we have concerning our finances. There are plans that we have concerning our, 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 our jobs. There are plans that we have concerning our life. There are plans that we have concerning relationships. But God, we want the wise answer to come from you. Because in verse 33, again, it says, 
Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. So, God, even as we're learning how to roll our works upon you and give you all our desires and, and our plans begin to conform to your plans, God, our thoughts begin to conform to your thoughts. Even the events that seem like they're accidental, God, we know that they're really ordered by you. Because why? There are no accidents in God. There are no coincidences in God. God, if you're sovereign, then everything that's going on in our our lives, Father, everything that's going on in the lives of our children, everything that's going on in our marriage, everything that's going on concerning our job, everything that's going on concerning our finances, it's really ordered by you, God. There are no accidents in you, God. Even as we begin to acknowledge you, God, there are no accidents in you. Even as we begin to pray to you and release the word of God out of our mouths, there are no accidents in you, God, because why? You are not an accident, God. You don't do anything haphazardly. God, you don't do anything because by coincidence, you do it because you are ordering our steps as we keep our focus on you, as we keep our eyes on you. God has been speaking to us concerning releasing seed out of our mouths, and we pray that God is speaking to you to begin to let your seed, the word that you release out of your mouth, let it line up with the word of God. Even as Joshua said, this book of the law shall not depart of your mouth. What book? The word of God. It shall not depart out of your mouth, but you got to meditate on it day and night that you can make your own way prosperous. So so if you and I are releasing seed out of our mouth, then you and I are making our own way prosperous as we're releasing the word of God out of our mouths. As we're speaking the word of God into our situation, then God is going to cause us, even as he did with Isaac, to, re to receive a harvest a hundred times as much as we sowed. So God has been speaking to us concerning releasing the seed out of our mouths. And we're releasing the seed out of our mouth because we're made in the image of God. It says that we are created in the image of God to be like God, to manifest God in human form. So you and I are to manifest God, to be just like God in this human form. Even though we're living in this, this human form, we're living in this body, but as he is, so are we, because why? We're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So positionally, you and I are in the heavens. We're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus. That's who we are, and that's where we live. So we live with God. We live in Christ Jesus, and we're releasing the word of God out of our mouth because why? We're made in the image of God, and if we're made in the image of God, what did God release? God released the word of God out of his mouth. What did God do when he saw darkness? God released seed, the word of God. He spoke into the darkness, and what did he say? Let there be light. So that's what you and I need to do. Let there be light in this marriage. Let there be light in my lives or my children. Let there be light in my daughter's life. Let there be light in my son's life. Let there be light in my grandchildren's life. Let there be light on my job. Let there be light in my finances. Let there be light in my relationship. And what's going to happen? Light will appear. There will be light and the manifestation of what God wants you to receive as you release and receive the word of God out of your mouth. And then it says we are made for life and for love. You and I, we're made for what? For life and for love. You and I are made because we're made in the image of God and God is life and God, there is life and there is no death and and God is made for love. God is love. And he that loveth 
not is not tell you, does not come from God. And I know I'm paraphrasing this scripture, but God is love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So life and love. We are made for power and for prosperity. It's God's will that you and I prosper. God is the one that's given us seed. God is the one that blesses us with our jobs. God is the one that blesses us with the finances. And so God is the one that wants to see us walk in prosperity. We are made for success and progress. We are made for dignity and for divinity. We are made for ruling and for reigning. That's who you are in Christ Jesus, but you got to see yourself made in the image of God. You and I were made for resurrecting and for restoring. And how do we resurrect and how do we restore? As we release the seed, the word of God out of our mouth. Restoration was was God's idea. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't your idea. It was God's idea. God said, I will restore, said the Lord. So God wants to restore. So if God wants to restore, how does he uh, restore? He uses you and I to release restoration in our situation. So release restoration in your marriage. Release restoration in the lives of your son. Release restoration in the lives of your daughters. Release restoration in your relationship. Release restoration in your finances. Release restoration on your job. Release restoration in every relationship that's connected to you. Release restoration in your home. And so when you walk in your home tonight and when you're walking around and going to every room and say, I release restoration in this home. This is a home of restoration. I release it. God is the one that said that he will restore. But he can't restore if you don't release the word of God out of your mouth. And we are made for value and for worth. God sees you're valuable. God says you're worthy. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. It doesn't matter if you were born across the track. That has nothing to do with it. God said that we're made for value and for worth. God sees that you're valuable. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter if you say, well, I'm here by the accident. Mama wasn't even supposed to be pregnant with me. It doesn't matter. God knew how to close up your mother's womb if he didn't want you to be here. But now that you are here, then you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. It says we are made for glory and for splendor. We're made for health and for wealth. It's God's will that you and I be in health and prosper even as our soul prospers. And it's God's will that, you, that you're wealthy. Now, we're not talking about being wealthy in your finances. You don't, have to, you, uh, uh, you don't have to just be wealthy in your finances. You can be wealthy in your spirit, wealthy in your soul, wealthy in your body. There are many people who are not wealthy in their body, but I believe God do want to bless us with finances. So God says that we're made for health and for wealth. And look, it says when God created us, he created his best. So go ahead and say that. I am God's best. God created me, and I am God's best. I was created to be his best. It says God made nothing inferior, so it's impossible for you and I to be inferior. So it doesn't matter what happened today. Don't let the enemy use someone to tell you that you're inferior and that they're greater than you. No, you have the greater one living on the inside of you. According to First John, the fourth chapter, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you have the greater one living in you. So you are not inferior. Amen. So go ahead and tell yourself, I am not inferior. I have the 
greater one living on the inside of me. It says, God is first class, so I must be first class. Say that. God is first class, I must be first class. It says, I am created uniquely. Say that. I am created uniquely, exceptional, and one of a kind. Say this. God has designed me for his abundance, for his nobility, and for his kingdom. And then it says, it is a fact that God is what he says he is. God is not anything less than what he says. God is what he says he is. It says, I am what he says I am. God has what he says he has. I have what God says I have. God will do what he says he will do. Can anybody think of one thing that God said he was going to do and God didn't do it? No, that's the devil. That's a lie. Amen. God will do what he says he will do. If he spoke it again, God is not a man that he should lie and neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. So you hold on to the word of God that God spoke over your life. You hold on to the the word of God that God spoke concerning your son. You hold on to the word that God spoke concerning your daughter. It doesn't matter what it looked like. You hold on to the word of God. Remember Isaac, sow your seed in the land of famine, and God will cause you to reap the harvest. And when is he going to cause you to reap the harvest? The same year. But you have to be consistent. You have to believe God and be faithful to speaking and releasing the word of God. It says, I can do what God says I can do. So everything that God says you can do, you can do it. Because uh, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is the one that will give you the strength to accomplish everything that he spoke over your life. It says, I am created in God's likeness. That's who you are. You're created in God's likeness. It says, I am unique, and I am one of a kind. And what are we doing? We're releasing seed out of our mouths. And I pray that you're releasing that word, that you're repeating what I'm saying tonight, so you can release the word of God out of your own mouth. It says, I am of infinite value to God and to others. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. God has need of you. Don't listen to the lie of your friends, of your peers. It's still the lie of the enemy, whether he's coming through your friend, whether he's coming through your spouse, he's coming through your children, whoever he's using. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. You are of value to God and to others. It says, I am loved in spite of my thoughts, in spite of your past. Now, everybody have a past, but praise God, we have a future in God. Amen. It says, I am loved in spite of my thoughts, in spite of everything that I've done. God loves me. In spite of everything that you've done, God loves you. You repent and ask God to forgive you. The Bible says in First John, the first chapter, that he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So God will forgive you, and then he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will make you justified just as if you've never sinned. That's what somebody said justified means, just as if you've never sinned. And then the scripture says that God will cast them in the sea of forgetfulness. The only one that's reminding you of it is the devil. So don't listen to the lie of the devil. If God forgot it, then you forget it. Amen? And you move forward in God. It says, I'm redeemed and I'm accepted by God. Amen? Man may not want you, but God has accepted you. Ephesians says that I'm accepted in the beloved. And so God has accepted you. If you're listening to this broadcast tonight, God has accepted you in the beloved. It doesn't matter what has happened yesterday, what happened this morning. 
God said you're accepted in the beloved. It says, I'm empowered for his divine service to others. Uh, God wants to stand up on the inside of you and minister life to other people. God wants to stand up on the inside of you and love through you. God wants to stand up on the inside of you and heal through you. God wants to stand up on the inside of you and serve through you. You are empowered for God's divine service to others. And then it says, I am commissioned as an ambassador in his royal kingdom. That's who you are. The scripture says in 1 Samuel how Samuel had to explain to the people the ways of royalty. So God wants you and I to learn how to begin to speak the word of God. If you are a royal priesthood, according to 1 Peter there, you and I are a royal priesthood. And if we are a royal priesthood, then we ought to be talking like a priest. Amen? We should be speaking like a priest. And somebody said, well, that didn't sound so much like a priest when you said we ought to be. Well, it doesn't matter. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. You and I, we are a royal priesthood. And if you are a royal priesthood, then you need to speak like a priest. You need to talk like a priest. You need to walk like a priest. You need to release the seed, the word of God, out of your mouth like a priest. And then it says, I am everything that Christ is. I am that I am. And I cannot, I cannot, I will not, I shall not deny myself. And then it says, I am a life giving spirit. Go ahead and say that. I am a life-giving spirit. Go ahead and say, I am a love-giving spirit. Everything I say, you say, I am a love-giving spirit. I am a joy-giving spirit. And all of this is by faith because you may not feel like you are, but it has nothing to do with your feelings. The word of God is settled. It's settled in heaven according to Psalms, I believe the 84th chapter. The word of God is settled in heaven. Now let the word of God be settled in your spirit. That this is who you are in Christ Jesus. Because remember, you are created in the image of God to be like him, to manifest God in human form. So it says, I am a joy-giving spirit. I am a dominion and subduing-giving spirit. I am a righteous-giving spirit. I am a bold and courageous-giving spirit. I am a health-giving spirit. I am a wisdom and prudence giving spirit. Now, let me go back up here, and I want to read the scripture that talks about life-giving or life-giving spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 and 49 says, Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, which is Christ, became a life-giving spirit. He became a what? A life-giving giving spirit. So Christ lives on the inside of you and I as saints of the most high God. We are the body of Christ. Christ lives in us. And it says Christ became a life-giving spirit. So if he's a life-giving spirit on the inside of me, then guess what? I am a life-giving spirit. It's a restoring the dead to life. So you're speaking into a dead situation. And what are you doing? You're restoring it to life. Glory to God. You're restoring everything that is dead to life. If your marriage seems like it's dead, restore it to life. If the, the, the lives of your children seem like it's dead, it's unproductive, it's a famine, then restore it back to life. And how are you going to do that? Release seed out of your mouth because out of your mouth because remember you are a life giving spirit. And then it says in verse 49, and as we have bore the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So that's who you and I are. We are created in the image of God to be like him, to manifest God in human form. So going, on, uh, so going on with the confession here, it says, I am a health-giving spirit. Say that. I am a wisdom and prudence-giving spirit. I am a 
faith-giving spirit. I am a peace-giving spirit. I am a charitable-giving spirit. I am a truth-giving spirit. I am a value-giving spirit. I am a patient-giving spirit. I am a sanctifying-giving spirit. I am a reconciling-giving spirit. I am a gentle-giving spirit. I am a restoring-giving spirit. I am an heir and joint heir-giving spirit. Spirit. I am a compassionate giving spirit. I am a humble giving spirit. I am an obedient giving spirit. I am a kind giving spirit. I am a wealth giving spirit. I am a forgiving giving spirit. I am a kingly giving spirit. I am a Christ image bearing spirit. I am a revelation and illumination giving spirit. I am a glory giving spirit. I am a multiplying giving spirit. I am a victorious giving spirit. I am an establishing giving spirit. I am a conquering giving spirit. I am a resurrecting giving spirit. I am a potentate giving spirit. I am a kingdom and heavenly giving spirit. I am a secure giving spirit. I am a hope giving spirit. I am a signs, wonders, and notable miracle giving spirit. I am a light giving spirit. And somebody say, well, you know what? I don't feel like that. It has nothing to do with your feelings. This is who we are in Christ Jesus. And you and I need to begin to see ourselves as God sees us. Christ lives on the inside of us. So when God looks at us, he's looking at his son, Christ Jesus. So begin to speak the word of God. Release the seed out of your mouth. Release the word of God out of your mouth. See yourself as a life-giving spirit. Begin to see yourself as an heir and joint heir-giving spirit. Begin to see yourself as a multiplying-giving spirit. Begin to see yourself as a victorious-giving spirit. Begin to see yourself establishing-giving spirit. Begin to see yourself as a love-giving spirit. And you know how you're going to see yourself? Release the word of God. And God is going to put you and I in situations so this can manifest the word of God. Because all of that that we just confessed is the word of God. It's the seed. As he is, I am everything that he is, and I cannot deny myself. First John 4, 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness, in the day of judgment, because as he is, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we. Where? In this world right now. Not in the sweet by and by someday, but in this world right now. As he is, so how is Christ? Christ is a life-giving spirit. Remember, he's the last Adam, Christ. He lives on the inside of you and I. He became a life-giving spirit. So you and I must become a life-giving spirit. We already are in Christ Jesus. So we're releasing the seed. We're releasing the word of God out of our mouth. And even as we release the word of God out of our mouth, God is going to cause us to receive the harvest of that word. God is going to cause us to produce after our own kind. So what kind of production will God cause you to have after your own kind? If you're releasing the word of God out of your mouth, then you're going to be just like God. You're going to produce after your own kind because God is what he says he is, and you are what God says you are, and God has what he says he has just for you, and you have what God says you have. God will do what he says he will do. And then you must tell yourself, I can do what God says 
I can do because why? I have Christ living on the inside of me. And Christ is the one that manifests life on the inside of me. I have Christ in me. Christ restores. Christ has given. Christ has manifested. Christ has established. Christ has ordered. Christ has given life. Christ has given light. Christ is the king on the inside of me. He's Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. And so, therefore, you release the word of God out of your mouth. Amen. I pray that the Lord spoke a powerful word to you. One word from God will change your life. As you embrace the word and receive the word, then watch the word of God manifest in your life. And remember, sow the seed and watch God give the harvest of that seed that you sow. Again, we want to invite you to our services on tomorrow night, Thursday night, and Friday night at the Rivers of Living Waters Ministry. You can go to our website, uh, www.ejmpcc.com, and you can get the address of, of where the service is located. This has been the master key, and this has been your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie. God bless you. We pray that the rest of your evening is prosperous and productive. God bless you.